Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Spilling the GNT. You're here with Bolo. And Dr. Zom. Now, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. But we're giving it anyway. That's right. Now, Bolo here's a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional? Professional review uh, on... Re- 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 um. uh, Remix. <laughs> Stop the mic! <laughs> Actually, we're going to switch it up today, okay? Today uh, we're going to be talking about a topic, or more of a comparison. What we've done is we're doing a Dragula versus RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, you heard it right. Dragula, Dragula versus RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, what do we mean by that, Doctor Tom? Well, I think it's going to be a bit like um, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, um, <laughs> where it's just a Hunger battle to Games. The Hunger Games. RuPaul versus the Boulet Brothers. <laughs> Two reality drag shows enter. One reality drag show leaves. Now, we all know that, well, you all know RuPaul's Drag Race. You're big fans like us of mm-hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race. We've been reviewing UK. We're going to be soon be reviewing season 12. Yep. We actually wanted to shine some light yes. on another um, drag type reality TV yep. series mm-hmm. that is actually, um, that we're huge fans of. I'm just getting into it, but Dr. Tom's been a fan. He's even seen some of them live. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what we wanted to do was we, we wanted to do a... A comparison, and what better way to compare something than by putting them up against each other? <laughs> just because we like to, we like pitting yeah. things we love against yeah, each other. Why not? It's just human nature. And what we so the topic is Dragula versus um, Drag Race. Yeah. Yes? yeah. So do you want to talk about about what Dragula is for those who don't know? Okay. Well, I guess I've, I've been a fan for at least a couple of years now. Um, it's I forget how I discovered it, but it's an, like you say, it's another reality drag competition uh, featuring a range of different performers and it's hosted by the Boulay brothers who are LA nightlife luminaries they're um, two drag queens who I, I believe are a couple and they've got excellent on-screen chemistry they're so much fun to watch um, and they hosted a, a club night in LA called Dragula which shone a spotlight on outside uh, kind of left field horror and filth inspired at times, but not always. Sometimes just a bit weird, sometimes just a bit out there. Things that don't fit into, you know, your cookie cutter mold, one might say, of drag performance. They're the other drag show. Yeah, they really like the are. The other Tyra. They're, they're the other <laughs> drag show. <laughs> yes. um, what I know was that they celebrate the other side of drag, you uh-huh. know, the underbelly, the the punk of drag. And like you said, it came from a... It, it's Dragula was something they did in the clubs. It was, that yeah. The Boulay Brothers hosted in the clubs, and yeah. it was their own competition that they did through them. Yeah. Do you know who one of the winners were for one of the Dragula competitions? I know a bunch of the queens have been on the show have won it. Yes. Well, Are you going to tell me someone show, else? Drag Race or... No, on... Oh, a Drag Race queen. Yes. Oh, because I know that some of the drag... Dracula girls had already won yes, it in the club. Like Valentina was a winner of. You're kidding me? No, I'm serious. Valentina. Oh, I found out Valentina was a winner of Dracula, and and so that's I, astounding. I found that quite strange. Everyone knows who Valentina is. Yes, yeah. I'd like Can to keep it on, please. <laughs> Take that thing off of your face. <laughs> I'm living my fan- French vanilla fancy. <laughs> yeah, so that's who they. Pretty much that's who they are. The Dracula is a reality competition featuring talented the drag artists mm. that they call monsters. Yes. So that should give you an idea of the kind of yeah. drag art that they con- that they. They define. I think they're defined by. Yeah, I guess like you know when we picture your conventional drag performance, we might think of kind of you know a lip sync performance with a few death drops 
thrown in, you know, mm. to a, you know, an R&B club track. Um, this tends to be a little bit more thought-provoking, provocative performance pieces. I think that's the kind of thing that they find. I think this, the concept of monster... Radical, radical... Self-expression, yeah. they call it, don't they? Yeah. Agri aggressive? At times. Some may say. Yeah. I think because it, it's usually... I think they see themselves as more performance artists mm. than, you know, perhaps, um, you know, female illusionists or something like that. And that's led to them having a somewhat more inclusive philosophy, one might say. But I think we're going to talk about that in a bit we'll more detail. We'll bit, get into that. We'll get into that. a big theme. So, so basically, Dragula and the queens, they kind of compete. The king and queens, they mm. compete in Dragula. Yeah. Are the queens that you won't see on daytime television now. <laughs> it's, it's like you'll see Bianca Del Rio. You'll see Courtney Yack. <laughs> Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel. You'll see, there's so many queens on Vogue, Valentina. Yeah. Like, they, these are the queens who just won't make it in, in our commercial world, in our... Uh, meet. Well, they even make a point of that, don't they? The Belay Brothers in the introduction for one of the seasons, they say that while the mainstreaming of drag culture is wonderful in one way, because it's exposing drag culture to a wider audience and making it more acceptable, because they consider the participants artists, they see mainstreaming as providing boundaries and essentially putting them in a box. And they say the last thing an artist needs is to be put in a box. So well, that's kind you're, of like you're jumping ahead. Boundaries. Let me just start by saying this. The first thing I want to do with Dragula versus Drag Race is I want to say what do they both do very well? Okay, so we've got two reality TV shows there, Dragula, Drag Race. Let's talk about what they do well. Okay, let's, yeah. let's start with Drag Race. Give me something. I think Drag Race has done more than almost any other show on TV for highlighting and humanizing um, LGBTQIA plus people um, and um, turning them from what... Well, not, not GBT. I don't think T... Well, Trans, I, I'd say well, LGB. I'd say there's room for debate even there because um, even though... Well, debate me. Yes. Go uh, on. Let me. Please yeah, let me get a word in edgeways. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Go. Um, because even though... Um, RuPaul has certainly said some very controversial things. I don't think we need to go into detail right now because we've spoken about them on a recent podcast. Um about the inclusion of trans women and it is an ongoing and vocal debate when it come, when each new season of Drag Race is, is unveiled. Um, Rue has still done more than most people have, I think, for showcasing this is what a trans person is. This is, um, this is the kind of life that trans people lead because th there have been plenty of episodes of Drag Race where queens have come out as trans, um, like when Sonique came out in... Um, season two Monica when Hills, Monica, yes. yeah um yes. peppermint even in um in season nine and there are a lot of you know we think the season peppermint, two the peppermint come out on the show yeah she did yeah oh halfway I, through the season oh that's right yeah, yeah even, season, even though it's kind of artificial because she was out in real life wasn't she but let's not forget sonique came out on the show 10 years ago and that was pretty groundbreaking if you ask me all right that's what i think what else? What else is... I just don't think it's a black and white thing. I don't think it's like, oh, Rue hates all trans people. Yeah. It's just that she's got some weirdly rigid views that I don't agree with about who should be included in the show. She's still shone a spotlight at different times. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much the same as you. I think that she has shown a, a light on drag race. Oh, I'm sorry, on drag queens. She's, um, she's 
put drag queens into everyone's homes. Yes. You know, like a lot of the times, anything that you don't understand, anything that you, you're afraid of, you avoid it. Mm-hmm. And because you don't know and because you put it away in such a dark place, you you learn to hate it. And, and, and it becomes worse and worse in your mind about what that is. And, and some kind of hate just grows in you. But what she's done is she's actually... Put a drag queen into your house. She's forced you to watch it. If, I mean, you know, you can watch it if you want. But, <laughs> she grabbed your head, but and forced her at the screen. She, she's introduced it to everyone, to everyone, and she's broken it down as yeah. a performance art. And like you said, she's humanized it. Yeah. Had this show not been around, I can I can guarantee there would be a lot of views about drag queens and LGB that will still be very very backward. So yeah. she's done that for them. Definitely. She's also she's also made a, a an, an an actual art a performance now i'll tell you the dancers for many 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 years have been fighting to be recognized as actual performers Do you mm. know, like backup dancers don't get paid nowhere near as much as, as singers yeah like, even in cruise ships like the the singers get paid more the dancers they get paid as much mm. um on tv on, on, on um in tv or, or or anywhere like the dancers just aren't getting that that respect that they need and the pay and the money that backs it up because yeah. it takes years and years to be a good dancer. It really does. You, you, it's, it's a full-time thing. Mm-hmm. So what she's, what she's done for drag queens is, um, is, is amazing. Their, their fees go up. Yeah. Um, their, their following is, is, is getting, they're getting more and more, mm-hmm. um, mainstream. They're, they're getting more and more gigs and it's, it's become a profession. People are doing it full time. Yeah. So I think that's another great thing that, that drag race has done. Yeah, and I think on a similar note, she's provided a platform that I don't. I don't think it's fair to say that you know have launched the careers of of you know well over a hundred artists, but have certainly given them a massive boost. Um, you know, we we've been introduced to some of our favourite performers in the world. You know, Bob the Drag Queen, Bianca Del Rio, Trix Mattel, Oscar Thunderfuck. Um, and we wouldn't have any awareness of these amazing performers if it weren't for Drag Race. Yeah. So she's provided that platform, and I think especially the more successful queens are definitely very grateful to Rue for that. Well, yeah. Well, I just want to go back to how you said that it boosted a lot of them who are already well known. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think it's done a lot for the like. There are some new queens who just started who's. Because of Drag Race yes. is more recognised than the pioneers of drag. Do you agree with that? Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them just go into the show not knowing much, and their their profiles boosted more than those who are being pioneers, those who have been around here and doing the damn thing. So mm. I think that it does start and definitely boost, but but more so, it, it, it really strengthens that that that, that beginning. For anyone, even if they're new or even if they're seasoned, you go mm. onto the show, you're going to be catapulted. Oh, definitely. Into, yep. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's interesting that it, the rise of Drag Race has coincided with the continued rise of social media as well. Um, so I think the, those like new generation, like drag babies, if you like, who were inspired to start drag because of Drag Race, um, they do come in with a substantial sort of Instagram following, but it, it's, it's boosted, they're catapulted to further fame. Um, and they get the chance to travel the world and introduce their art to to lots of people around the world. Yeah, from Mauritania to Peru. <laughs> we should get T-shirts done on that, shouldn't we? <laughs> Let's move to Dragula. Now, what does Dragula do well? I think um, 
Dracula is fantastic at diversifying our ideas of what a drag performer can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've they've had right from the get go, they've had all different kinds of performers, and it's become more and more diverse as time has gone on. Um, what I really like um, about the the Boulets is that they, and we saw this in a recent interview with them, didn't we? That they don't feel the need to kind of um, you know, tokenize different kinds of performers like drag kings or um, queens who are, are biologically female. Um, they're just like, if you're an amazing performer and you've got this kind of monster attitude and you fit in with our philosophy, then you're on the show. Yes. Um, but because they're so open-minded and in contrast to drag race, they don't have these, these barriers about, you know, diff- people's gender um, in particular, I guess, um, they they just provide this amazing, diverse selection of queens. You know, we've had queens with, with masks, with that sort of tranimal aesthetic. We've had hairy bearded queens. We've had um, drag kings, mm-hmm. biologically female queens who, who all the same identify as gender non-binary. Um, just amazing selection. That's basically what I've got, mm. is that they are 100% inclusive of whoever fits the brief. Yeah. Um, so their brief is, we're looking for our next super monster, drag super monster. That's, mm. That is the brief. Yeah. And an, an amazing thing that Dracula has done is that it's, except we've, we've seen drag kings on the show. Yeah. We've seen bio queens on the show. Mm-hmm. We've seen... I mean, heteroflexible. Oh, yeah, Disasterina. 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 Well, well, before we had um, um, Scaredy Cat with her pansexuality, yes, we had well, heteroflexible. So we'll, I'm married to a lady. <laughs> yeah, so the, um, a great thing that, that they've done is they're mm. very inclusive of drag, mm. full stop, drag as a, as a term, as, as, yeah. as what it is. And then the next part of it is you have to be a monster. Yeah. So that's where they start to sift things through. Yeah. And um, I think that's that's one thing that they do really, really well. Um, what else? I guess, like, in addition to the... Um, I guess the other thing I like is that they, they shine a spotlight on some more diverse reference points as well. So Drag Race is fantastic, and we love the... the the, I've learned a lot through Drag Race. It's led me to investigate things like Paris is Burning, Grey Gardens, Mommy Dearest, all these wonderful campy reference points. And, you know, it's been an education for me in, in that respect. Dracula does the same, but for a different set of genres. And to be honest, I think maybe going into Dracula, I, I got a lot more of the reference points because I already, you know, I, I enjoy horror and sci-fi and they're kind of um, the campy kitsch things that they like to shine a light on. Um, so even even if you just look at the Boulet brothers as hosts, you know they're they're referencing um, you know kind of slasher films from the eighties like yes, uh, yes, Nightmare yes. on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth. They love campy horror musicals like Rocky Horror Show and um, um, Little Shop of Horrors. They've had costumes based on those. Um, you know, classic sci-fi. They had a whole episode based on Alien, essentially, because it was all about kind mm. of aliens giving birth. They bring it. They, they bring about the um, queer culture, yeah. horror, gender expression, and yeah. the the Boulets place um, a lot of significant value in the artistic merit yeah. and the anti-establishment traditions of drag. Yeah. So they've directed their focus on drag artistry that is unpredictable, outlandish, mm-hmm. disturbing, rather than getting the queens to 
conform yeah. to the show business standards that we see RuPaul merging or what RuPaul has mm. become. And I, I can vouch that from having seen them live as well that they're not family-friendly performers. And to be honest, there's stuff that they did when I saw them live that um, they did make reference to on the show, but they did have to cut certain bits up. But you just a, a Rue girl could never, ever get away with it just because of what they're perceived, the, the standards they're perceived to have to conform to, I think. Like, when I saw them live, I saw Abora do, dressed as a big mosquito, do a performance piece um, to Lady Gaga's Venus, but she'd replaced the word Venus with Zika as in the Zika virus. Um, and Meatball basically got on stage and threw it, dressed as a femme Ronald McDonald and threw hamburgers at the audience. Oh, yum. <laughs> Serious? Yeah. And I, then, oh, I would have been front row yeah. pushing him out of my way. <laughs> they were cold. They were cold, but okay. still Free delicious. Hamburgers. I'm sure. um, <laughs> and Bitch Pudding, most provocative of all, I think, did a performance piece based on the murder of John Bernay Ramsey. Silence. Mm. <laughs> so certainly, offense. What we talk I mean, about, drag queen, drag queen should reserve the right to be offensive and outlandish, yes. but thought provoking. And all of these pieces did have a message, but it'd be very, very easy for people to to choose to be offended by them if they wanted to. I think. For what comes to me when I see the Dragula queens is a true artist, mm -hmm. a true artist that doesn't fit in a box, a true artist that's expressing how they feel, what the art looks like, and how. Yeah. It's cultivated. They're not out there to make a quick buck. Yeah. No. They're there to um carry on the legacy of the underside of mm -hmm. of the dark drag. Well, and it's yeah. and it's and it's kept true to that filth and that horror. Mm -hmm. So in my there's so much authenticity there yeah. with the queens and the mm -hmm. show. I think it often attracts queens that already have a fairly well developed sense of self as well. I think drag race, um, can often attract queens who are perhaps at the very beginning of their career and they see Drag Race as this big educational opportunity and perhaps they want to develop their identity through that. I just feel like Drag Race has, has become a culture of cool with drag, mm -hmm. with drag um, yeah. and doing drag. And I think a lot of the, the new queens coming in are doing it because it's the next cool gay thing. Yeah. You know, everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it. And what better way to get exposure mm -hmm. and... And we're living in a generation where likes is currency. We're living in a generation where views is currency. Yeah. Your value is placed upon how other people perceive you. And that platform that Drag Race provides, actually, it speaks to them and it's appealing to them. Yeah. Because yeah. some of the new queens that I'm seeing in season 12, I really feel some of the queens are just in there because they just want to get laid and they just want to get uh, more Instagram <laughs> likes. And they, just, they, just, they just want more fame. I think... Mm -hmm. Fame is what's pushing a lot of these people. I don't believe that drag is their life. I don't believe that mm. a lot of them have seen Paris is Burning. I don't believe any of them know yeah. John Waters. Yeah. But there's certain queens that stand out, like Ginger Minch, who, who grew up watching that drag. Yeah. Like, I would, I, would, I would almost think Ginger Minch would have gone for... Well, her drag, her drag took another turn. Mm -hmm. The the nice, the pageant Pageantry, world. Yeah. But when I think John Waters and Divine, yeah. for me... I would think Dragula. I think John Waters is a big influence on the Dragula queens. They, you know, when they talk about the philosophy of um, 
of you know their kind of like holy trinity if you like of glamour filth and horror they've spoken in the past about like their their kind of holy spirits of each of those um concepts and divine is like their their holy spirit of um <laughs> of filth and she's often referenced in the show yeah season one and i think a couple of the finale looks were I basically seen season one <gasps> shock horror I have, i've seen i've seen season Two and three, and I, I am starting, I am definitely getting into it. Definitely getting into it. Season one has some amazing, talented queens. Unfortunately, they didn't have a budget then. Um, and if you can believe it, the production values are worse than even Drag Race season one. Um, there's a, I think you're making some really good points there. And I think, yes, yeah, so I must agree. So do I. Thank you. <laughs> so let's give you a little bit of praise. Thanks. I'm usually still withholding. Can you stop with it because I, I feel a butt coming. No, there is no butt. Um, I just are like... you mocking me? <laughs> are you mocking me? Uh, I have a thought, everyone. Okay, Paolo has a belief that he has no bottom. Anyway, go on. Um, I think there's a couple of other things that uh, Dracula does really, really well as well. I think um, they're very good at including uh, luminaries of the drag community um, in in the Dracula family. So I think it's really noticeable that Rue has never invited even close friends like Lady Bunny to be a judge on the show. Mm. Lady Bunny's been on Drag You and she was on that one episode of All Stars 4 Where she was as a prop, essentially. Yeah. But, you know, Rue's friends with some amazing drag queens, but there's some, there's some, there's clearly some sort of rule about no other drag queens on the judging panel. It's all about Rue there. Whereas... It must be an ego thing. I think it must be. Much as we love Rue, we know she must be a bit of an egomaniac. To have achieved what she's achieved, of she course. needs to be. No yeah, doubt, yeah, yeah. no doubt. There's not a criticism, it's just an observation. Um, and um, Dragula is, um, they've invited, they've had amazing judges on the show, like Peaches Christ, Jackie B. Coco, Willem? Willem was Co a judge? Yeah, Coco Peru, Alaska. Alaska actually was was an ally from the start and she chucked quite a big wedge of cash into the prize fund for season one because they crowdfunded it. She's Alaska, also been Alaska's a judge. amazing. I love she Alaska. She really is. She's just like, she does so much that she doesn't shout about, you know? She's just wonderful. Um, Heclina's been on there as well. And it's just clear that the Boulets love bringing fellow drag luminaries on board and they see them as enhancing their brand rather than like detracting from... The, you know, the focus on them, which is interesting. I also feel like Dracula has a bit more of a kind of um, nurturing feel about the way that criticism is provided. I really feel mm. like they do their best to give constructive feedback. It's very rare that, you know, the direct ju feedback judging segment, they'll just tear somebody down and say, you're awful, you're awful. It's more kind of like, these are your strengths. You might want to work on a few of these things. This is the reason you're not in the top this week. Yeah. I do like the fact that you brought up judges mm. um, because a lot of the times on Drag Race, what we're getting is a lot of celebrities who have, you know, some of them, let's be honest, have never seen a drag queen oh, live. Yeah. Some of them have probably don't even know the show, but they're a book to go on. Yeah. Some of them don't have the appreciation or the knowledge of what goes into makeup, what uh -huh. goes into um, making a garment. And a lot of the feedback that I hear from a lot of the guest judges on Drag Race is just is stupid. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no value. There's no depth. This, how are you how are you supposed to as an artist grow from that feedback there is nothing there whereas on dragula because they're getting people uh, drag queens because they're getting um 
um, fellow allies, extra yeah. people who who work in the industry who yeah. know who know drag since well before it was cool and trendy to be a yes. drag queen. People who live and breathe drag, exactly. I mean, that's where you will get the feedback that you need to grow, and also there's that appreciation and respect that yeah. you you can receive it because you know yeah. that they are in the LGBT world. They are people who who work in this industry. They are mm-hmm. people who know drag. Yeah. So drag race has become more appealing. Well, I think we're moving on to the next part is which is where do where do each fall short? Where does drag race fall short and where does um Dragula fall short? I think the judging, the the guest judges that they bring on for RuPaul's drag race is sometimes where they fall short. Yeah. Because there are so many like Jerry Hallowell, when she mm. came onto the show and um was a guest judge, I just she was actually some of the other judges were getting annoyed at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what she was saying. Definitely. I mean, she was like afraid. She was, she was almost afraid of some of the artistic choices, um, yeah. some of the things that they were doing on there. Yeah. And it's like, honey, yeah, this is season twelve. She's like, yeah. what? Where? Where do you live? Her judging was very strange, and her weird concept about <laughs> something wrong, and because she did a very bad David Attenborough impression on the snatch game she was like granny's gonna be watching the show now do you have any idea what you've done it's amazing it's like jerry can you please just take a moment to think about what you're saying <laughs> do you know also some of the other guest judges are straight heterosexual allies okay mm-hmm. and they come in and i feel like they they're they're they are there to prove Vanessa that they've Hudgens. seen this they're there to prove that they know gay terminology yeah. oh work oh hunty oh they, they the, come the infamous, there you know, i'm so into voguing right now They've, they've done their, 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 their the day before they came onto the show yeah. what they did is they, they they went online and they're like oh okay what do they say yeah. okay make sure I use that word okay honey <laughs> oh yeah. like, like, they've watched becomes, a clip compilation of Legandra Strand exactly. and called it a day they they, they use um, RuPaul's Drag Race as a way to show the world that look I am gay friendly and I'm an ally and I use the same words and look I know all these things it becomes a pop quiz for them for them to show how much they know but they don't really know much exactly so that's where RuPaul's Drag Race for short and and the judges Um, where else Um, I think we've already touched upon the inclusivity really haven't we Um, with Drag Race they have like a token spooky girl every other season or something don't they Sometimes that girl goes far, though, because, like, Evie and Sharon have been winners. Um, sometimes they just don't find their feet, like Layla McQueen. Sometimes, do you feel the POCs are quite tokenistic at times? I think it depends on the season. Um, as the after, anything after season two? I think it's interesting with Drag Race, really. Like season one had a few queens... Um, queens or color didn't they they had akasha they had yeah um who was the winner bb yeah yeah yeah. and then they had angina who was asian and then they had they had some some latin queens as well yeah um i think what's interesting with drag race is that um so much of drag race is like inbuilt culture it's like torn verbatim from paris is burning and that that ball scene which was um you know black queens answer to the racism of the pageant circuit so and Rue herself is you know a, a person of color so much of drag race as a whole owes 
owes its terminology, a lot of its concept and its cultural references mm-hmm. to people of color. And yet, year on year, there is this criticism that people of color are underrepresented. Sometimes it feels like the cast is a bit of an answer to that. And they they seem to be doing their best to be more inclusive. But then, like, I I do wonder sometimes, you know, are they doing that because they've been provoked to do that rather than... I'm losing my train of thought a little bit, but it comes back to what you were saying about tokenism sometimes. Do they sometimes bring in a lot of queens of colour for tokenistic purposes when there are so many amazingly talented queens of colour that just need to be cast on merit? Yep. Um, when I was at university, this was a long time ago... Um, <sighs> I was doing a paper there was television production. Oh. And um I this I will never ever forget what my tutor said to me. He said um we're talking about news and presenters mm. and he said whenever there's a brown news presenter um 40% of the nation switches channels. That's awful. And I was sitting there, there and he, it was me and another brown guy mm. at, in class, and we just sat there going, <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> so I, I guess in order to maintain mainstream audiences, they need to have a majority of white people cast. That's it. Mm. This is RuPaul's Drag Race has, it's no longer authentic to drag it's if, ever since it was catapulted into the public sphere its obsession with commercialization uh, completely took over and that's and it's what we're seeing now we're seeing mm-hmm. what's gonna still get us the viewers what's gonna still get us money yeah um and i feel it's it's, it's sold out in some in some way and I think in some ways that's a reaction to the fan base and what the fan base dictate. And mm. you only have to look at the queens with the biggest Instagram followings and the 90% um, the white, white and blonde white and skinny as well. Um, and that's certainly a problem. And I, I hate to think of the show pandering to that attitude, but perhaps it does. And sometimes you look at the winners um, and wonder, hmm, I feel like another... Skinny white queens being crowned here. Yeah. Is the show losing its roots? Yeah. Has the show lost its roots? Because all of the new queens who, apl- who apply, they were just little... I'm not going to say twinks. Little queens, little gays who were inspired <laughs> by the show. And they all... There's, they're consistently into the competition with merch strategies, album releases, potential bookings already in the works. I mean, it's just become like, we know the formula, I know the mm. game, I'm going to do it. And in and, and that sense, it's not become an expression of drag. I think that's a really, good, culture, it's a really good observation history. in yeah. the sense that um, the, the people coming in with their commercial strategy and their catchphrases already yes, worked out bloody i guess the, the sense of them producing themselves is starting to wear a little thin and that's not as evident on dragula you know no i think i don't know if they get a warning from the belays before they go in that it's like like don't come in here trying to promote your t-shirt or a, or a catchphrase that's not what we're about <laughs> maybe they have a stern word with them at the beginning and you don't really argue with um with swan and drac do you no you don't. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's where the drag race, I feel for sure. I mean, there's, and other queens have said it in interviews, there's a certain look 
for Drag Race. Some mm. of the Dragula queens have said in interviews, you have to look a certain way in order to get onto Drag Race. Yeah, there's there's a, a you have to tick this 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 box that box that box. Femininity plays a big part on what is accepted onto um, Drag Race as a contestant. Isn't that ironic, considering that trans women aren't included? That so much emphasis is placed on conventional femininity. I, I mean, I'm. I don't understand how they can cast someone like Scaredy Cat, who's never done drag in her life, yeah. who's never left her room and done drag. <laughs> um, how they can cast someone like that, but they can't cast a drag trans queen mm-hmm. who's been doing the damn thing for years. Yeah. Who's not? Who? Yeah. Who knows inside out? I don't know how they can cast a light and even celebrate Mm. Scaredy Cat. I mean, that's always going to be something that annoys me. Yeah. The fact that he got on, and there's so many Trey contestants that are still trying. (laughs) I think Scaredy Cat's going to be your point of reference for years to come. I think every every drag queen out there Mm. is using Scaredy Cat as. A, I can't believe he got on, but my trans sisters can't. Yeah. And we know there are definitely trans queens. Do you know London Cider? Landon Cider? Yeah. He, he's applied over and over for Drag Race. Really? Yes. Landon Cider is a drag king yeah. who was a participant on season three of Dragula. And mm. spoiler alert. Yeah, let's just say spo- spoiler alert. Yeah. A drag king won season three of Dragula, and, and not because it was token. Not mm-hmm. not as a, not not as a okay, we got a drag king on here. Yeah. Let's you know, let's give him something. No, yeah. Shh. he yeah killed the competition yeah. throughout. He did a Bianca Del Rio. Yeah, London slaughtered the competition and um, just steamrolled the competition. I can't come up with enough mm. words to describe the way that London um, trounced. The competition really it was just win after win and entirely deserved. Um, I guess it was worth mentioning with Dracula, the main focus of the competition is what they call the floor show, isn't it? They don't have lots of elaborate challenges, they don't have lots of singing, acting, comedy challenges, which I think you could argue could can make the show a bit samey sometimes. Um, however, it does give like a unique and fairly stripped back opportunity for these performance artists to showcase their abilities. Um, and so a lot of it is quite look based, but it's got to be combined with a sense of um, of stage performance skill and gravitas, hasn't it? And London just had it all. London just was killer on stage. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the differences between Drag Race and Dragula. Yeah. So like, like you were saying, Drag Race has the lip sync for your life where mm-hmm. the bottoms have to do a lip sync to a song. They're all bottoms. <laughs> and then the winner stays. Mm. Whereas on Dragula, they face an extermination. So the bottoms of the week have to face an extermination. And extermination are challenges like piercings they have to get yeah. like metal rods put through their yeah. bodies see they must have a watertight contract that they sign beforehand Bloody- with massive just like no responsibility waivers yep. yeah they have the another extermination was tattoos they had to get tattoos of like ugly stuff on there whoever got the ugliest tackiest tattoo got to stay yes um yeah. what else what was the one there jumping um, out of a plane disaster- oh, i would love to jump out of a plane <laughs> disaster- they had to stand in ice yeah, and that's a stand in ice baths. And ice baths. I mean, yeah. they these aren't 
this is so, i mean yeah it's ridiculous but it speaks to, eat, eat to disgusting things it speaks to the whole um the show of dragula which is filth and it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing it's very like prove your tenacity to us in a very visceral way i think mm. that's the the message of the extermination challenges what do they call on dragula what do they call the you know when they have to do the performance floor show the floor show so yeah. for dragula not only do they have to create a costume they have mm. to perform it and i really do like the, the the fact that they have to perform yeah it's not just a runway look at me bam 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 mm-hmm. it's a runway performance and sometimes the the performance can elevate the drag sometimes the performance can just really give your costume and your makeup their oomph yeah and sometimes it can even save the costume because it's it's art isn't it it's art so i think that's one thing i do like i'm not saying that i don't like the 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 runways of drag race i really Mm -hmm. do love that oh yeah 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 um but yeah um i think that sometimes what drag race does is it takes the piss out of the drag performers and it makes them look stupid you know like you have to do this and like whereas dragula's really sticking very closely to what is art yeah and how do you how do you define art by this challenge Uh, like your art by this just to clarify when you say taking the piss you, do you mean that sense in drag race that they're sometimes not afraid to like sacrifice one of the girls essentially for the sake of a good narrative or plot line and they're not afraid you know there can be that sense i think in drag race sometimes where you 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 comes in there you rolls the dice and you hopes you get a good edit not everybody does you know the fifi o'hara's uh, of this world can attest to that um is that what you're getting at? The, the the tone of the show can be a little bit less respectful to the performers sometimes? Or am I going off on a tangent? Uh, well, what I'm saying is that, like, um, I'll think of a challenge that I think that I thought was silly. Say, what's a challenge that you just wouldn't see a drag queen do? Um, like a drag queen going out and dancing on a pole and asking for money? Hmm. I'd know. I, I think some of the girls find that humiliating. But some of the girls' performance styles lent lent it themselves to to that challenge, like Sonique Slade. I, I mean, I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Um, I get where you're coming from. So I might from. have to bet. Yeah, I mean, some some of the challenges just don't shine a good light on them individually or them as people. Hmm. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's just the Mickey out Dracula of gives them more yeah. free reign to be the artist yes. that they are. And like, okay, so this is this is the this is the the brief. Like you've got to be something vampiric or witchy or zombie-esque or an alien giving birth. Now we want to see your spin on that. Please express yourself yeah. through this medium. Yeah? I don't think so. One thing that we need to understand and know and remember is that RuPaul didn't create drag. I know it's hard for the young and the simple-minded to understand that, but drag's been happening for centuries. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's been... <laughs> drag's been happening for centuries. So a lot of people who critique RuPaul by saying this, 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 and that, um, you're... He doesn't define what drag is and stop taking it. I feel like we need some people need to stop taking it too seriously in that respect. What I what I what I think queens need to do is the queens who are on the show who have a voice now need to start promoting other 
shows, other things that promote and the inclusive drag, uh-huh. they need to start doing that instead of attacking RuPaul. Well, look at Alaska. To, yeah, you know, Alaska. I know we're obsessed with Alaska, own. but I can't remember its full title. But it's something like Drag Queen Pageant of the Year competition contest competition. It's a funny name. Yes, promote that. Yeah, and go uh, go see that. Put your money to that. Give yeah. your views to that. Give your likes to that. It's another example of how smart Alaska is because Alaska knows which side her bread is buttered on she knows that she wouldn't have the platform she has today if it weren't for Rue um, but she does have her own opinions about inclusivity um, so she doesn't she's not sitting there kind of grumbling about it she's going and doing something about yes. it and doing her own um, and like Abora she won Drag Race uh, won it spoiler alert and I think uh, Aurora Sexton took part as well, who she's one of those girls who is always kind of like I hear mentioned like, oh, she should be on Drag Race. And I see her on Instagram and she's a gorgeous trans woman. And obviously Alaska was like, oh, she's an amazing performer. She's she's in, in my pageant. So what people need to do, and I'm talking about queens, especially detox. Detox is very, very anti the fact there's no trans queens. A lot of a lot of drag queens out there who are from the show we'll call them rue girls a lot of the rue girls are attacking drag race and rupaul for not being inclusive why don't you promote alaska's show why don't you promote drag dragula which also is very inclusive why don't you start using your voice and helping people who probably don't know about that Mm -hmm. educate them and other forms of drag and other forms of drag that are inclusive yeah because like people have been attacking rupaul for years now just use your voice another way yeah yeah i agree with your energy to someone else yeah. who fulfills your brief, who is inclusive, who mm-hmm. appreciates and respects drag, yeah. all forms of drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's just bear in mind that the the distinction between drag queens and trans women is completely artificial. Can I go? Can I talk about some of the drag queens from Dragula? Yes, For please. Me, yes, yeah. Well, I do want to talk about them. They're amazing. <laughs> they're re- they're really really amazing. Yeah, a lot of the drag queens. Who are from the underbelly world. Yeah. And I'm going to say underbelly. And I'm also going to mention East London. East London scene. They're very, they, they very much don't like the Rue Girls or RuPaul's Drag Race. That mainstream. To a point where they're kind of mean and evil towards it. They really, really hate anything to do with that kind of drag. Mm-hmm. They're underground there. So, and a lot of them talk about the, the Rue Girls in such a, such a bad way as... Mm. Oh, it's, it's mainstream they're sellouts they're not real drag performers well we know that's the mark of a true hipster really don't we once it's gone mainstream it's just you roll your eyes and you move on um and i guess you know those queens the the living working drag queens are in, they're entitled to their opinion i guess it's interesting that drag race inspires such a strong visceral visceral response in them i i guess those queens would find dragula more appealing and they'd see more value in the art produced by those performers mm. who were some of your favorite queens from dragula ah should we take it in turns to name a few of our well, favorites just um well i'm gonna say one of the queens that really educated me, because I love, I love learning, was Hollow Eve. Loved Hollow Eve. I, she was a, why did she ex- express we just, who she is? She just mentioned she's, she identifies as gender non-binary, doesn't she? So I think she uses yes. neutral pronouns, which I've tripped up over before because I've 
in my ignorance, I've just got because she's a biological woman. Yes, they are a biological woman. I've got this tendency to refer to them as no. Well, actually, she, she said um, you can her pronoun. She's quite flexible with it. Okay. As long as you I just say don't want to cause offense. Respect. Yeah, as long as you and we say have the utmost respect. respect for her. Please, please love, tell me more about why you love her so much. Um, because she 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 has a voice. She stands yeah. for something, and she knows exactly who she is, and yeah. she is not going to change for anyone. Which was to her detriment in the end on the show. Yes, a lack of flexibility. But we we can respect that. I can respect. And the, the Blaze did as well. They were like, well, we, we respect how much you stick to your artistic guns. Yes, um, <laughs> she was the one that educated me, and maybe a lot of the world about the word fishy. I, wasn't yeah. she she I mean, was we had a conversation about it afterwards didn't we because i had an awareness of that but hollow weave expressed it far more eloquently than i could and also from the standpoint of a biological woman so it was very important to hear her yes. voice speak about it it was yes and it was it was it was a really really interesting to me to to, to see by a queen um do drag mm. and she's just very very authentic I mean, she yeah. puts needles, actual needles mm -hmm. in her cheeks as she's performing. Yeah. She's had needles attached on her face and she stretches it. Yeah. I mean, there is no pretense yeah. with with her and how she expresses her art and her yeah. performance. I feel like Hollow Eve, her body is like a canvas. Yes. And she will treat it in whichever way she sees fit to express herself artistically. If that means pain, if that means scarring, I think she sees it as a necessary sacrifice. <laughs> if that's not an artist, I don't know what it is. Yes. Yeah. So she's she's definitely one of my faves in you. Um, bitch pudding. I love bitch pudding, and I'll tell you why. I feel like I please have, do. I feel like it, can I? Can I have a moment? Yeah, please. Thank you. Can you play some 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 nice uh, soothing music? <laughs> um, no, I feel like I've got quite a personal connection with bitch pudding for quite a specific reason. Um, I I met her. Um, after she performed in Bristol once in a Dracula roadshow, and she was already one of my favourites anyway. Um, the John Benet Ramsey performance, even though it was shocking and offensive. I loved it. It was fantastic. It was, you know, my jaw was on the floor. Um, she had some of my favorite looks, but one of my favorite, and I spoke to her about this and we had a really nice chat about it because she was so like approachable and just hanging around in the bar afterwards. I think I bought her a drink. Um, she said, trying, that, to get, trying to get your ends there. <laughs> hmm? Well, she asked me for my Instagram, but well, I didn't have an Instagram. This pudding's actually quite an attractive guy. She's a handsome guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But um, I told there's a story she told on Dragula that really spoke to me about how when she was young and she was a, like a feminine gay boy, um, she used to get picked on at school by the kind of, you know, conventionally masculine boys and they'd pick on her for being feminine. And she'd get fed up and she was hurt by it and she'd get downhearted and she'd go home. But then she'd retreat into beat-em-ups, fighting games like Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken. And she identified strongly with the strong feminine characters, Chun-Li, Katana, Sonya Blade, Nina Williams, all of them. And, and uh, Ling Shao Yu. Yeah, we love fighting games, guys. Um, and um, that really, really spoke to me. I remember being that age and just loving these like strong feminine characters and the sense of escapism that came with that. Like it was so cool to see Chun Li, you know, do a spinning bird kick against the douchey M Bison and just kick his ass. Yes. Um, and so we had a nice bonding moment with that. But before that, and she does such amazing looks. If you look at her Instagram, you know, she does Sindel from Mortal Kombat. She does like um, uh, M. Bison's, uh, Cammy's M. Bison look. It's all on there. She's a real video game vixen. And I love her for that. I also love Disasterina. Disasterina. 
She's authentically cuckoo. She really She's is. Like the She's Tammy like Tammy Brown. Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like Tammy Brown. Um, never, and- never out of character because that is she is the character. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who else? One more. One more. I mean, Disasters would have been one of my faves as well. Um, can I just say with Disasterina, like some of her looks were just my absolute favourite. Like her um, her gothic bride look that was like really Dungeons and Dragons um, and her Scream Queen look where she played like a Madonna-esque kind of like ageing starlet. It was fantastic anyway. She just played it with such camp and humour. Um, I could name a load, but I'm going to go for, and this might be a controversial choice, but she's one of the most memorable queens, I think, from it, even though she's only in a couple of episodes, Maniki Shame. <laughs> she just makes me laugh like <laughs> exactly that we've, we've got a, we've got yeah. a thing when like one of us is like accusing the other one of being a bit drunk or if somebody's a bit drunk all we do is that laugh is an imitation of Maniki Shame from the reunion episode of season two of Dracula when she was hammered and she's a complete mess the point where the blue ballet brothers had to tell to shut up at one point and that's a bit where she's just really like apropos of nothing she just laughs and she's like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. it's um, one of our things now i do love it and she's yeah, got a yeah. cool distinctive mask look which she didn't put in the best showing on the show but still she had some of the best sound bites she had this wild spirit um she had her own controversy in the background which she did apologize for which i respected her for and it looked like she'd made reparations and tried her best to move forward and i just think she's a lot of fun and she's a true super monster yes dragula is a show that I think everyone needs to start getting into mm-hmm. it's um not as palatable as RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. because you know they always try to get the pretty queens on there. But I mean, if you if you watch it, you'll you will fall in love with it. Yeah, um, it's another side of drag and art expression that you will just love. Ooh. It is beautiful. Ooh, is, 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 which, I have no idea what accent that was supposed to be. I think you're going for French. I don't know. I really don't. It was it was something European. Okay. Let's um, let's sum it up. Let's let's look at Drag Race versus Dragula. Hmm. Who wins? Both amazing in different ways. I know that's a cop out, but it'd be it'd be really um, disingenuous of us to sit here and say, "Oh, we hate Drag Race because it's not cool and it's mainstream." Because we we bloody love that yeah. show, and we love Dragula for different reasons but equally and we, we'd love Dracula to have more of a platform and if any of you guys out there haven't seen it please check it out um, a lot of the episodes are on YouTube that you can just watch for free or uh, Amazon Prime that Amazon you can Prime. also watch for free and then now on no Netflix. only for a Prime member oh yeah so just like privilege. obviously we're, we're, <laughs> what yeah. privilege you know I just, what you know, privilege just... <laughs> we're oh. not out I'm, I'm sure i'm sure the episodes that are on youtube aren't illegal in any way because obviously we're not here to promote illegal streaming um because they originally put them all on youtube as a way of people gaining access then from season three onwards it went on amazon prime um it's now on netflix yay Was, so um, yeah well yes Yes, yes, yes. Oh. I mean, we, we couldn't find it the other day, but they've definitely promoted That's it what I mean. as <laughs> go on Netflix and watch the show. But um, I definitely think it's something. What if I'm putting them up against each other? If I'm seeing Drag Race there and Dragula there, mm. I just I want um, Drag Race to have more inclusivity, mm. and it can be done because 
Dragula does it. And one of the things that the Boulay brothers say is that if the network, we we can do it because the networks haven't told us to stop. And if the network tells us to stop, we'll find another network. Mm. And I think that same tenacity needs to be taken by RuPaul. And RuPaul has the power to do so now. RuPaul RuPaul needs to start manning up. I know that you're a queen. I know that, but you need to, he needs to man up. Mm. He needs to, to speak, speak up. He really does because it can be done and it is being done. So why can't he? The thing I think about that actually is I think, I think Rue does hold a lot of power and I think a lot of the views are actually held by Rue. Well, there you go. I think the calls well, come from inside the house. In that, in that, in that sense, I mean, Dragula wins for, for the sake of that, that it's inclusive and that it allows people to express their art in that way. But like, it doesn't take away the fact that I'm a huge RuPaul Drag Race fan mm. because I am. I mean, that, that's where the podcast comes from. I guess, you you know, I think the to me what's important is they both occupy different niches. We have Drag Race, which is wonderful, and probably by sanitizing its content has been able to reach millions of people worldwide. And so we have that. And it's almost like, you know, it's a it's a colourful crayon box sort of confection, isn't it? Drag race that it's 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 sweet and it's wonderful and it's light and you can just enjoy it in that sort of sense. Dracula is more of a kind of like dark and brooding um, oil painting, isn't it? That provokes thought and it's not going to be to everybody's Anarchy. taste. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's like it's like a death metal album essentially, isn't it? They they both fit their own briefs they do they and both I think, do what they do very well so there's room in the world for both yeah and we have access to both and it's fantastic and yeah. but what i want drag race to do is the same thing that dragula is doing with drag mm. and how they're defining drag you know what i mean i guess like it's I mean, interesting they're drag queen they want drag queens and then the second part is monsters mm-hmm. and so that's where they look for those queens i just want drag race to take this the way that the boulets define drag and apply mm. it to them. Not the monster part, mm. just the drag part. And I think that's where they're falling short. And I think that's why I have to give this one to Dragula. I guess it's interesting because when I actually find myself, you know, through, throughout this process, we've kind of been thinking aloud, haven't we? And I've had not really any criticisms of Dragula other than it's not to everyone's taste. And that's that, not a that's, real criticism. No, it's... it's... Um, so... I still love them both, and I think there's room for both. Yes. But I'm the diplomat. You're the opinionated one. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all we're here for today. Thank you for listening. Um, throw us a like or subscribe or review. And please, guys, go if you've not checked out Dracula, please do. I'd recommend the place to start is actually season two, episode one. Um, and then come back to season one once you've got a taste for it because the production values, like even the sound and the stage is just really, really ropey. Right. So start with season two. Well, thank you for those hints and tips from Dr. Tom. Yes, always here to help. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Lots of love, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.